Welcome to Unity Lutheran Church. We're a one church, two campus ministry located in Brookfield, Wisconsin. This podcast comes to you from our pastors, John, Sherry, Muriel, and Jennifer. It's part of our Renew ministry that helps our congregation renew spiritually and in community. We're in a podcast series called Sins and Virtues. Together, we look at words that describe us and talk about their benefits and their challenges in our lives of faith. We explore how wonderfully God made us and gives us tremendous capacity for good. That's our virtue. And we explore our dark sides, our sinful ones, and the ways in which we are challenged with both. Thank you for joining us this week for this week's Sins and Virtues podcast. The topic that we're dealing with today is independence. Hello there. I am Pastor Jennifer, your host for today. Leading us in conversation this week are Pastors Muriel and John. As we begin our conversation about independence. So, friends, what are your thoughts on independence and its virtue and its sinfulness? Independence, sin, or virtue? Definitely sin. I'm going sin, 100%. (laughs) Total vice. Wow, ouch, why? Independence, completely antithetical to how God designed us to be thinking of especially the image oh yeah 100 percent nope nope it's no totally wrong uh we were not made for independence we were made for interdependence we're designed the image that paul uses that we're all different parts of one body we are incomplete on our own we need each other wow you are the role uh well i think we got to back up and just like talk about what the word means in the culture we live in i mean I think most Americans think independence is a really good thing. We've got that Declaration of Independence thing going on. Um, But even there, maybe we lose track a little bit of our roots. I mean, you know, it was independence from tyranny, but not from each other. I mean, all those guys who signed it uh, signed on to pledging their sacred uh, fortunes and virtues and all that stuff to each other. So they were really committed to each other, just not to uh, outside control. So independence... Man, it's not 100% bad, Muriel, is it? Okay, maybe not 100%. Okay, let's think. Times that independence is a good thing. Um, Kids really love to be independent. Think of our families who have kids or siblings with disabilities, and independence is a huge and positive goal for them. You get older, maintaining independent living for a lot of people is really, really important. Uh, I I think, you know, I know what you're saying, and I I agree that community is the most important thing, but uh, I I think independence, even within our faith tradition, is important because there's there's always this sense that each person has, you know, what's technically called moral agency. They have to own their own um, moral decisions. And, you know, sometimes those decisions are, in a, are wise and good because they're against the community, because the community is um, uh, repressing people or doing something uh, coercive or unwelcoming uh, when it shouldn't be. So, uh, for sure, there are elements of independence in both our faith and secular traditions that are worth holding on to. Uh, you should probably explain, though, your passion for community. Especially since you are right, which I hate to admit, but <laughs> people might want to know what that's all grounded in. Uh, well, I just, I guess I was thinking about 
the our community here in Brookfield versus the way community plays out at some of our partners. So here wow. I, I see ways that our prosperity works against us when you have, you know, you live on a bigger plot of land, um, you're in a bigger house, we each are driving in our own vehicles. Um, financially, most of us are independent as in we don't need, uh, we don't need the people around us for material resources. And sometimes that works to our detriment because it allows us to just keep going in our own bubble and doesn't force us to interact with the people around us. Whereas, you know, like in El Salvador at Cordero or Rutilio, or even, you know, here in Milwaukee with our partner churches, people out of necessity are just closer together and have to rely on each other. Which I don't ever want to, like, romanticize poverty, but there, I think... I think we lose some spiritual skills when we get to just live in our own bubble. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I always, I mean, we all know kind of the scriptural progression in in Genesis, where uh, God in the story in Genesis chapter two, God creates Adam and he's alone, and so uh, we're not com created for ourselves. But as soon as Eve exists. Uh, suddenly there's completion and partnership. Uh, now, of course, the human beings in the very next chapter immediately screw it up and fall into sin. And, and whose fault was that again? Uh, well, the funniest part about that is, of course, Adam immediately blames Eve and, and, said, and blames God, too, and says, you know, this woman you gave me is like the source of all this problem. And then she blames the snake, and the snake doesn't have anybody else to blame. And, and, and then it, it gets worse from there, because then their children, Cain and Abel, I mean, the whole story, point of that story is you are your brother and sister's keeper. And if and, people want to go back and read that story, they'd be going to Genesis chapter. That would be chapters three and four, I believe, would be what you get to with that one. Um, and then if you got all the way out to Genesis chapter 11, you get to the story of the Tower of Babel. Or is it Babel? I never know. Which, which is it? I We're going to go Babel. with Babel. We're going with Babel. <laughs> And, and, you know, the people are all together, but they literally want to become God, and it blows up in their face, and they're sent away with all of these different languages because they rejected the very thing God made us for, which is to be together and part of each other. Oh, wow, that was a great summary of Genesis. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Jennifer. At least the first 11 chapters. At least chapters. the first 11 chapters. <laughs> but, I, I mean, you know, Scripture just kind of presupposes that we're together. I mean, the Lord's Prayer is a joint prayer. Communion is a common activity we hold from together, being the body of Christ as we're all together. I mean, it, it, that's all a, um, the essence of community. But wow, that's, that's hard to translate into the world we live in because so much of the essence of our community now is, is independence or the importance of being strong, being you know, on your own, et cetera. I don't know. So all these times, in at least in those first, some of those first scripture stories from Genesis, we start with community, or God gives us this chance of community, and then we just turn it into something twisted, either blaming or trying to compete with God. Yeah. Or, I mean, maybe community on its own is not... If we were doing community, we wouldn't put that necessarily as vice or virtue, but it, can, it could go either direction. We get 
really healthy communities that help us live out what God's calling from us. Well, so or not. Yeah. So what makes what makes a healthy community and what makes an unhealthy community, at least like spiritually, would you say? Openness, probably. Um, trust. It's if if a community can bring out if it gives you a chance to offer what you have, then I, I, mean, I think somehow that's key. You have to be able to share some of who you are there. Okay. So like a bad community would be like a cult or a gang, maybe. Um, Which is kind of defined as we're the insiders and we are set against the outside world. I wonder if another way to say it would be independence for something or from something. You know, if it gives you independence, that allows you to connect more deeply with God. You know, if, if, if this independence is going to separate you from God, then we would call that bad. Yeah. If it's going to draw you more deeply into the relationship with God, then it would be good. If we go back and the parallel would be um, our um, handicapped friends who reach a level of success that allows them to full, more fully participate in the community, we would call that independence mm-hmm. good. Uh even though their independence coincides with being more connected. Correct. So, right. so would you say if if the independence leads you to connection, that's when it's helpful, and when independence leads you to disconnect, that's when it's unhelpful? Yeah, well, I think that's even t- true religiously in that anytime religion uh, becomes exclusive, like we're the only path to God, we're the only ones, I mean, there's an independence to that, we're the ones who are right, uh, but it also then immediately becomes disrespectful towards other faiths and, and generally repressive of them. And, and it's moving away from precisely the interconnection that I think God wants for all of God's children. Because then later on in Scripture we get, I mean, several of the Genesis stories you mentioned have kind of inverse completion pair stories later on. Say more. So, <laughs> I bet one of those is in Acts chapter 2, Muriel. <laughs> in fact, it is Acts chapter 2. The story that we read at Pentecost is, scholars always point out how it's kind of the inverse of the Tower of Babel. So at the Tower of Babel, at the beginning of the story, everybody is speaking the same language, and then they use their uniformity towards a misguided end. And so God comes in and confuses their language, so suddenly they're all speaking their own language and they don't understand each other at all anymore, so they divide up and they go their separate ways. Then in Acts 2, which we get at the very end of the gospel stories, kind of the opposite happens. There are people gathered from all over the world. They all speak different languages, and somehow through this Holy Spirit miracle, they all hear their own language being spoken describing God's acts of power. So it's not that they all start speaking the same language again, that diversity is preserved, but somehow they're able to still connect through that. The common language is the spirit, and and the individual languages aren't an obstacle anymore. And in fact, they're a path to like feeling as if you're actually welcome because somebody speaks your language. The the other story I think you were thinking of is the one in Revelation 22, uh, which is like the very last chapter of the Bible. It is, in fact. 
and perhaps I could read it, but basically what's happening is this is um, this vision of kind of the end of time when God's project of reconciling and healing the world is um, finally complete. And so there's this description of this holy city and there are people gathered from all over the world. And then the reading goes like this. Apparently it's read a lot at funerals, right, John? Uh, I, it is, I, those of us who are older like, <laughs> have more experience. I hadn't heard it that much, but it is so beautiful, so I wanted to share it. And it goes like this from Revelation 22. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. On either side of the river is the tree of life, with 12 kinds of fruit producing fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. So this kind of brings to completion the community that was divided and destroyed um, in the Genesis story when Adam and Eve um, misused that first tree of life. And so this tree brings everything back together for the healing of the nations. So, um, you know, there are... It's like, again, it doesn't erase the differences. There are still people from all these different parts of the world, but somehow with leaves of healing, we're united across that diversity. I mean, I, I, people, especially in the Lutheran tradition, have always kind of struggled with, well, what does the Holy Spirit actually do? But I mean, the analogy I always use is, is glue. I mean, uh, I think the Spirit is what ties us together, and we're always better together than apart. doesn't diminish individuals, doesn't mean that we don't uh, make decisions on our own or uh, make uh, or contribute things on our own, um, but then that's just lots of one plus ones and the spirit is the one plus one equals three sort of math. That, and we, we've used that in relationship to our two congregations coming together at Unity, but it, it's so true of everything in the life of faith that uh, people together in a choir or serving together or learning together or praying together, whatever it is, wow, I mean, um, there's just more life and more completion together than apart. Wow, these are great thoughts. Thank you guys for sharing your thoughts on independence in our Sins and Virtues podcast. This is the beginning of this discussion. Hopefully some of the ideas that you've just heard will spark more conversation in your small groups or your homes this week. We pray that this conversation helps you renew your faith in God and strengthen your relationships in your faith community.